When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Game one in the English Premier League, game one week, and it was not disappointing to say the least. Fresh signings, starring on debut, newly promoted clubs, stopping the top four, and, well, Izzy's Manchester United in their same old tricks. Just terrible. So, <laughs> Harry Simeo is a good friend of the show. It's been a long, hot summer for Harry because are you still rocking that beard, Harry? I can't imagine it's very conducive to the heat you've had up in the UK. It's so good to have you back on. It must be Premier League season. We're stoked to have you dialing into the, sh- uh, into the show for another season. How are you doing, friend? All good, my friend. All good. I must admit, I had to trim the bid down a little bit in the last few weeks because it did just get a little bit too much. But I can't get rid of it completely. I, I look like a miner when I do, so it's probably best that I leave something. <laughs> <laughs> Kimpy can relate. He's got a print. You've got the princess dye. Yeah, mate. Yeah, just so you know, I I shaved this little beard. I had a little goatee. I shaved it. I was in Birmingham one night, and there was this, unfortunately the night princess dye died. So. I, I've shaved it into a little chin bit of fluff and I've left it on ever since that day, mate. The boys give me grief about it. So I know what you mean about that. Um, mate, it's hot up there. I was talking to my nephew yesterday up in the UK. What, what's that, How's that affecting the, the start of the competition with that heat that's going on up there? Yeah, it's been really, really hot, more than it normally is here in the UK. We're always moaning. British people are famous for moaning about the weather and it being bad. But the problem is when it's this hot, everybody's moaning again just for a different reason. But I think it, it, it is going to have an impact in the start of the Premier League. I think at the beginning of the season, there's still varying fitness levels. You know, some players take a little bit longer to get up to peak condition. Some of them were on international duty at the back end of the last campaign and so haven't had as long in pre-season to get up to speed. The introduction, however, of the five substitutes rule in the Premier League is making it a little bit easier in that you can now make five changes in a game, whereas in years gone by, it's always been three. So, I think that's helped, but it does impact on the intensity of the games. And we are seeing, particularly last weekend and probably this weekend as well, that level just dropping off in the latter stages of games, which can work both ways, right? It can let teams back in. It can lead to mistakes. Tiredness often leads to mistakes. 
Um, but it's a really, really interesting situation at the moment that we've got to keep our eyes on. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. We were just talking about the All Blacks are going up to Alice Park to play the Springboks, and, and that's at altitude, and, and it completely changes the landscape or the scope of how a game, the pace, the tempo of any sport, Harry. So um, especially when you're not used to it, it can completely throw you. Let's let's go to like one of the biggest storylines as far as we can tell down here. Erling Haaland, he seems to have had all of the bully about him. All of the mail was saying he's going to be a star, then he came out and didn't disappoint on debut. So is there a chance this kid just as good as everyone thinks yeah he is for sure you know and I think what people seem to kind of often overlook with Erling Haaland is that this is a guy who's very experienced for somebody who's so young but I think he's gone about building his career in the, in the right way you know he started in Salzburg in Austria played for them for a while and there were a lot of big clubs um, you know the, the likes of Real Madrid Barcelona some of the Premier League clubs we're talking about, you know, or we're being talked about, I beg your pardon, as potential suitors for him. Instead, he decided to go to Borussia Dortmund, who are a Bundesliga club in Germany, which is, I would argue, probably the third or fourth best league on the continent. And what that did was just give him the opportunity to up it a level without all the pressure that comes with being a mega money signing for a Real Madrid, a Barcelona or a Premier League giant. And he just was able to refine himself that little bit more and get himself to a level where he could then go on and, and take to the Premier League like a duck to water. And he's done exactly that. He's come in. He's got all the physical attributes that you need to succeed in the Premier League. It is one of the more physical competitions in the world of football. So to be able to kind of master that side of it has certainly helped him. But he's just got this confidence and almost an arrogance about him that just makes him such an intriguing character. Um, and, and, and often you look at him and you think, yeah, he's, he's quite arrogant and he knows he's great. But then at other times you look at him and you think there's still a naivety to him. There's still a vulnerability. I mean, he swore in front of the TV cameras uh, twice Love in his that. post-match interview at the weekend, which just shows that I don't think he always realizes, you know, what a superstar he is and how every word he says, people are just going to hang on it. But he's brilliant and he's got off to a great start with a couple of big goals away to West Ham, which is never an easy place to go. Jeez, I, w- I wake out of a dream, then I thought you were talking about Izzy Dagg. Um, what about your Arsenal, Harry? Did you, did you think they, their start to the season was, was as good as uh, you hoped it, it would be? Yeah, for sure. Arsenal have done some really, really good, smart business over the summer. Um, they've managed to bring in some top-quality players to help enhance the squad. My only reservation and concern was that Last season, or the start of the season prior, we we had an away game, a London derby, on a Friday night, which was a bit of a potential banana skin, the type of game that you could quite easily get caught cold and um, and ultimately drop points in. And that's exactly what happened. We weren't prepared at the start of last season, but this season things look so, so different. We went to Crystal Palace, one of the most atmospheric places in the Premier League. And for the first 35, 40 minutes of the game, Arsenal were completely dominant. I mentioned earlier about the intensity and the way that the fitness levels have just been dropping off at the, in the latter stages of games. We saw that from Arsenal in the second half, but thankfully they'd done the work and they got their noses in front and put themselves in a position from which they shouldn't have dropped points. And in the end, they didn't. So, yeah, great start. But, you know, the Premier League is the Premier League. It throws up surprises all the time. And mm. there's no point in getting carried away at this stage. But you can certainly say that at least on the surface, Arsenal looked to be in much better shape this season. Harry, is the situation with Manchester United, and I'm coming in pretty blind here, but some 
famous sports franchises around the world. I think about the New York Knicks um, as a real good example. And we've actually got one down here in New Zealand called the New Zealand Warriors, our league team. Like, they can't succeed no matter who coaches, no matter what players they bring in, because there's just institutional fundamental issues with the club, and that is probably to do with ownership. Is Manchester United in a phase where they actually aren't going to be able to break this chain unless something really drastic happens with the club at the administrative level? While you were speaking there, I was trying to think of a polite way of putting what's going on at Manchester United (laughs) um, that would be suitable for a breakfast show. The best thing I can come up with is it's a shambles. It is an absolute shambles what is going on at Old Trafford. This is one of the even as an Arsenal fan, it pains me to say this, but this is one of the great institutions of our sport. You know, they've been incredibly successful globally. They're maybe the biggest club in the world. And the ownership are unfortunately bleeding them dry. Manchester United, when they appointed Eric Ten Hag, who is now in charge, sold it as a new project. They were going and they were plucking out one of the most promising coaches from the European game. They were going to bring him to the club and they were going to give him autonomy and control to sign as and who he pleased to get Manchester United back to where they belong. And it doesn't even look like he's got a plan. They're being linked with some awful players. They're being linked with Adrian Rabiot, former French international midfielder, who's always in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Um, and, And that looks like it's a deal that could get done. That's certainly not the midfield upgrade that Manchester United fans were hoping for. They've been chasing... Uh, Netherlands international Frankie de Jong all summer and he could well end up at Chelsea at the end of it. They've gone after so many players and they've not managed to get any of the deals over the line which has caused enough distress and panic among the fan base but to start the season the way they did with a 2-1 defeat at home to Brighton has really, really ramped up the criticism and they've got a big game at the weekend. They go away to Brentford which is a very and I keep saying this about a lot of clubs, but it's a tough place to go under the lights, small stadium, compact stadium. Mm. Only two of the big six picked up points at Brentford last season. They go there on Saturday evening, and if they don't get all three points, the questions are going to continue, the outrage is going to continue, and when you're in a rot, the longer that it lasts, the more difficult it is to repair. Yeah, you're dead right, Harry. I played a game of league there at Brentford against the London Broncos back in the day. What about... uh... Our, our good mate, old Cristiano Ronaldo. What happens to him then with Manchester United? Well, this is another situation that just adds to the, the long list of problems that Eric Ten Hag faces at the moment. Cristiano Ronaldo has made it clear that he doesn't want to stay at Manchester United. He doesn't feel as though the club are at the level that he wants to be playing at. He's stressed that he wants to play. Virus representatives, I have to say, he hasn't come out and said this publicly, but he's been putting messages out via his representative. Perry, isn't he average these days, though? It's a really difficult one because Cristiano Ronaldo in the past was this all-encompassing forward player. He could dribble, he could take people on, he had incredible pace, he was a lethal goal scorer, a great finisher, a great athlete, and he had it all. Nowadays, Cristiano Ronaldo, I would say, is an elite goal scorer, but nothing outside of that. Cristiano Ronaldo inside the penalty area is as good as anybody in world football. But the, the minute you ask him to drop back, the minute you ask him to defend, the minute you ask him to run channels, and the minute you ask him to try and facilitate other players, that's when you have a problem. He's very one-dimensional nowadays. And it doesn't fit with what Manchester United are wanting to do and wanting to build. But having said that, without his goals last season, they probably would have finished in the bottom half of the table. He dragged them single-handedly, 
through the group stages of the Champions League with a, a string of late goals in important games. It's, it, it's a difficult balance to find because without Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester United are not very good. But with Cristiano Ronaldo, you can't see how they're going to move on and develop into a different game model, the game model that Eric Ten Hag wants to apply. So it's a bit of a catch-22. Personally, if I were in charge of Manchester United, I'd let him go. I'd find a way of making it happen because Manchester United are almost stuck in this cycle with Cristiano Ronaldo right now. Having said all of that, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the game on Saturday because they are desperate for three points. And unfortunately, at this moment in time for United, they've got more chance of winning with him in the side than without him. It sounds like you should start a podcast with Russell Westbrook. He only wants to do one thing, refuses to change the way he plays. Um, Harry, that's great insight, mate. Just on Liverpool, before we get to your game of the round, Liverpool, uh, Scouse fans worried after their slow start, that kind of sluggish draw with Fulham? It was a sluggish uh, draw with Fulham. They weren't anywhere near their best, but you have to give Fulham praise as well. Uh, They've come back up from the Championship. They're a bit of a yo-yo club, Fulham. They get promoted, they get relegated, then they get promoted again. It's the same thing, the same cycle over and over again. They've got a good manager in Marco Silva who had them very well set up. They've done some good business in the summer. Alexander Mitrovic, the striker, was in great form at the weekend. He got both of Fulham's goals. But Liverpool, even when they were really poor, managed to find a way to salvage something, and they got a point with a late equaliser. If I were a Liverpool fan, I wouldn't be overly concerned. I just think that it was a bit of a slow start for them. The problem is, however, that when you're chasing a side as good as Manchester City, a draw can feel like a defeat. You know, already they're two points behind them, and we know the margins of which they're able to play are so thin. You know, they can't afford to fall behind at this point in the season, and particularly losing a game, or drawing a game, I should say, that you would have said was a a banker for three points. So, I wouldn't be overly concerned with Liverpool in the in the picture of their overall season and how it's going to go. But to lose ground on Manchester City at this stage, I know it's early, but it is disappointing because of the fixture. Harry, what's the what's the must-watch uh, game of the round? This, if we were only going to tune into one, what's the one that you've circled on your calendar? The one I've got circled on my calendar uh, this weekend, outside of the Arsenal game, obviously, uh, is the <laughs> London derby on Sunday. Uh, which is between Chelsea and Spurs. There's a lot of talk about Chelsea maybe not being up to it this season. Everybody knows what happened at the back end of last year with Roman Abramovich. A new owner's come in. There's wholesale changes behind the scenes that have taken place that have led people to kind of write off Chelsea, I think. And I think wrongly. I think mm. they'll still be in the top four this season. And they play a Spurs side who haven't won at Stamford Bridge for 31 years. Now, a lot of people are tipping Spurs to be the third best team in the Premier League this season. I'm not so sure that they're ready for that kind of responsibility, if I'm being completely honest. But it's going to be a fascinating game. Two excellent tacticians in Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte. They both play a very similar formation, a very similar system. And I'm intrigued to see how this one's going to go. Now that I've said it's the must-watch, it'll probably be be a boring nil-nil draw, but uh, that's certainly the game of the round on paper. I love it. Eri Simeo, he is the sharpest of the football minds out of the UK. Love having you dial into the show every once in a while, Harry. All the best, mate. Enjoy the Arsenal game this weekend. Thank you, mate. Have a good one, guys.
TCNZ. Welcome to the team bus arriving at Alice Park to take on the Springboks in a must win. Yeah, the jungle, a.k.a. Alice Park. We've had so many nominations for this. And our weekend choices flooring poll, choices flooring's Adobe Hybrid Collection, the water-resistant flooring choice. Oh, Kempi, it is actually a classic, isn't it? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Head, up to, head into the SCNZ app. Fantastic app. Plenty going on in there. Click on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, the stream. Have your vote. We've already got the poll up in there. What song would you have playing in every All Blacks headphones arriving to Alice Park to prepare them for this historic test? We've got Paint It Black, Mama Said Knock You Out, Alan Parsons Project Serious, or Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle currently 42% of the vote. But we've also got plenty of your suggestions here, including... I have the tiger, Dave Dobbins slice of heaven, <laughs> ambitions as a rider by Tupac from Adam. <laughs> so many good nominations coming through. Irish John's on the line. I- Irish John, you better not say Ireland's cool, mate. <laughs> no, I got a better one. Helps by the Beatles. It hurts by the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the last one, we got to get out of this place. Loved, lows. Have a good one. <laughs> Thank you, Irish John. He's gone. Gone with the wind like that. Um, he's he's brilliant, mate. Uh, I like him. He's probably just coming from milking. Craig in New Plymouth says, I don't like Mondays. Bulls on Parade, Rage Against the Machine used to be those ice hockey video clips of big hits and fights. Pat Banger from Pistol Pete. What was, because you love asking people this question, Kempe. What were, what were your go-tos back in the day in your Walkman? Uh, mate, I used to love, um, well, I used to, I, I bought up on reggae, so I'd play reggae all the time, but... When Pearl Jam and and that type of music came out, I fell absolutely fell, um, fell in love with it. Like like grunge rock. Yeah, mm. and um, I I won't tell you, but in the next break I'll get it up for you. And I, there's this one song, mate, that I would just play, and I've played it for years, and I still play it today. That I absolutely love, and it's just got a you know like a real good. You can sing along to it. It's got a real good you know like grungy. I, I always I always call it sort of rural music. You know, it's like everyone's Cotton sort of, Eye Joe. Nah, it's nah, it's not like that at all. But um, you know, the Bon Jovi's and all that sort of stuff. I like that rock. Not as well, heavy as my brother. My brother loves like uh, what do you call that stuff? Death metal. Yeah, that's. It. I was gonna say, what about living on a prayer, Bon Jovi? Because it's a bit like that. Uh, Patty says another one bites the dust. Easy on Patty and Carrie and Manawa too. Wow. I, I, <laughs> at least you're... I think he's feeling feeling a bit sentimental. Thursday night, late night Thursday night. I mean, to be fair, shift of body boys. Come on, Ethan DeGroote trying to move the Springbok forward back. Yeah, it's been a big week actually. Olivia Newton-John, another one, sad passing. Um, 
Paul Green and everyone's thoughts this morning as well as Taiki Yanagita. It has been a, a funny old week, but here we are at SCNZ getting your messages through thick and fast on what you'd be playing to the All Blacks before the game. After this, we're actually going to talk a little bit of racing. We're going to tack right. We'll catch up with Emma Lee um, over there in Melbourne. Blanked on the city for a bit. Uh, Victoria, Sparta Racing. So I've got Elephant back at the races this weekend. Looking forward to catching up with her and seeing how the big boys come back for our Waikato Stud Racing Preview. Your message is steaming in. Remember, go to the SENZ app and vote in the Choices Flooring poll. We want to know, what would you be playing to the All Blacks? What would you be feeding them through their ears to get them up for this test match? Wait, we should put it on a Spotify list and send it up. Kempi, one of your best ideas. One of your best ideas. We'll do that. 21 away from eight. The All Blacks are running out into one of the most hostile environments in rugby. A sold-out Alice Park with their backs glued against the wall, needing a result, and the best performance of Ian Foster's head coaching tenure desperately by a country mile. The stakes could not be higher, and awaiting them is a South African side who are thriving with their physical style of play, dominating opposition at the moment. Kevin Putt knows better than pretty much anyone else here in New Zealand how the Springboks will be preparing for this test. He understands the mentality they will have. He was part of their operation in the mid-90s, spent a long tenure playing rugby in South Africa. It's awesome to catch up with Kevin Putt. Dialed into the show this morning on a Friday morning. How are you going, Kevin? Yeah, fantastic. Thanks very much. No worries. Great to have you here. Um... South African rugby, it's its a unique thing. It's a new, unique beast, and you were in the middle of it once upon a time. What can you tell us? Can you just give us a bit of context of how they'll be feeling this week? Well, you spoke about the venue. Uh, Alice Park, they see as their home of rugby. I mean, it's not quite as hostile as being at Loftus Fairsfelt up in uh, Pretoria, um, which is, you know, both of them very hard to breathe with the altitude. But um, they don't speak English at all, basically, up at Loftus. At least at Alice, there'll be a couple of boys throwing Nazis at you, and they'll be able to swear in English when they're, they're, they're harassing you. Uh, but it's, it's immensely hostile. When I say hostile, I'm not taking uh, the, the personal route on it. It's just a, forbi- a formidable sort of fortress to have to go to. Very close ground. Um, Eden Park, if you play there. It's miles away to the stands. Over there, they're nearly sitting with you. <laughs> hey, Putty, just tell us a little bit more about the, the altitude. Like, So give people an understanding of altitude, how it affects the ball, but also how it affects the lung, lungs and what the All Blacks can expect. Oh, you know, the old story of thin air. The, the incredible thing is, you know, people try and fix it by, you know, acclimatising being there a few days early or going later. It just burns. It, it's seriously, I can only imagine, uh, imagine I'm not an asthmatic, but it's, it's breathing and not being able to get that air. It, it's a, a burn up the old windpipe that you feel and it impacts just lack of oxygen. So the old muscles start to get a little bit flipping tired within about 10 minutes into a game. You do come right. You do get that uh, acclimatisation and you start to come right. But flip me, it's, it's, it just adds, you know, you don't need those distractions. And believe me, the All Blacks certainly don't need those distractions at the moment, do they? No, oh, they, they don't. And I actually think, Putty, it was interesting. Last week, the All Blacks, they named a team that looked pretty nimble. It looked smaller and it was almost like they were zagging while the box were going big and zigging. But the box actually pulled away from them at the end of the game. And there wasn't that kick that maybe Foster and the selectors thought they might get out of the All Blacks. Do you think they can run with this, the Springboks? Can they can they bank on that or no? They have to win another way. 
Well, look, I, I mean, the good news is the Springboks have made some subtle changes to their team, but nothing changes in their pattern. They've got a trademark on their team that they're going to beat us in the air, they're going to beat us at the rucks, they're going to beat us at first base, and that's their belief, and they fully commit to it. Um, ours, I'm with what you're talking about here. There was very little coming from the bench that added value that suddenly you got an extra kick. Um, you, know, you were looking for some sort of input that, that suggested we could win the game, and it, it just never came. Um, what scares me is I, I don't see it from this week's team either. I see some changes, but I'm, I'm more concerned about the all-black trademark at the moment, and the trademark's what I'm talking about is the playing one. You know, you look at teams like when we played Ireland, you knew their defence was going to be incredibly strong. They're playing backdoor plays, which not many teams in the world are playing at the moment. It's, it's nearly from a leaguey background on it, and they, they were finding space there. What is New Zealand or the All Blacks doing at the moment? We're doing a lot of aerial kicking that seems to be uncontested. You know, we've never done that. So I'm more concerned rather than do we have legs to come on and run them. It's more about the pattern we're playing and, and, and what trademark the All Blacks have at the moment. Yeah, and, and talk a little bit through that. But you, you've obviously very astute in your analysis in, in and around their offensive um, frailties, the All Blacks. What would you do? What would, what would you do to change things up? You've got Richie Moonga <laughs> in the side, so they're obviously going to try and unleash their, their outside backs. But what would you do? Oh, look, the, this attacking plan has to be based on a bit of confidence in that. The All Blacks about eight, ten years ago, rewrote the way that you diffuse the rushing uh, defensive line. They came up, they were playing little tip balls, they were playing into space. That takes a huge amount of confidence. I remember when it was happening going, wow, that is not only a good team, wow, that is confident play. You would have seen last week when we tried to make a couple of tip-ons, ball wasn't being passed. I mean, you've lost five of your last six. You, you can only imagine that there's a lot of pressure in that on. So I, to me, it's not about personnel at the moment so much. It's about what we're trying to do. What would I do? Uh, irrelevant. I'm not filming coaching them, you know, but um, what, what should they do to try and defuse them? Uh, Joel Stransky, uh, great Springbok number 10, gave a little bit of a rundown. First thing you try and do is try and catch them behind with the ball. So uh, he would suggest a few contestable kicks from our nines. I, I'm not that massive on that happening. But the second thing is you've got to run them. You've got to run them. To do that, we're going to have to stand a bit deeper, try and outflank their rushing uh, line defence, and uh, going to have to have the confidence to make passes under an immense amount of pressure, which at this current state when there's a lot of frail players out there, I don't know if that's going to happen. One thing you know a hell of a lot about is um, halfback play, mate. And when Faf de Klerk was scrubbed out in the first minute of the game, I went, oh, okay, here's a chance for the All Blacks to be able to squeeze. But <laughs> but the platform that the box forwards laid didn't even mean that um, Jaden Hendricks even had anything to worry about. But then how about his kicking game and his all-round game? There are a couple of little moments, but for me, I, I think him starting again, filling him with confidence, like he was so impressive. I can see his game going to another level. What did you see from him? Well, it's, it's very interesting. You know, we're, we're analysing New Zealand. We're all trying to find bloody solutions and hoping that we can get. That they have got an incredible pattern, which many of us will criticise, but it's, it's result-driven. And it's also based around profiling their team very accurately. So they've selected players to come in and fill in. Why? Because if they get an injury in a position, they have to make multiple changes potentially. They, they have things that we don't even consider, things like... Uh, 
racial balance within their team that they have to occur. You mm. get a guy out that's injured, you've got to balance that up and swap them. Malcolm Marks, best player in the four pack on the field last week, not playing this week. That's not to do with form. So that that they've got these other things that they've got to flip and balance around and try and sort out. So this guy coming in, bloody outstanding. But what did he have to do? He only has to be a good kicker and passer. Everything else is an absolute benefit. And uh, when you're playing behind a very dominant fullback, it's amazing as a nine how many times a little bit of space will open up and you can look like a superstar even if you're, you know, uh, not, not average, but uh, you don't even need to look for the gaps they'll come. Isn't that the main difference? Like, you know, just listen to your... Again, um, astute analysis. Isn't that the main difference why Aaron Smith probably is playing his last test match if he doesn't have a good one behind the four pack that he has? <laughs> you've, you've got it 100% right, mate. I, you know, I live my time behind a Waikato four pack with Richard Lowe, Graham Purvis, Warren Gatlin. Shivers, people were saying, you know, could make the All Blacks. Well, I tell you what, no surprise. You're against, you know, you're driving a nice big car. That's, that's exactly what it was. Went to South Africa. I was behind basically the Springbok Ford pack uh, playing for the Sharks. Um, nines can look good if they've got you know a platform to work from. Poor old uh, Aaron. I still rate his pass, his ability to see space. It just doesn't exist with that pack he's got in front of him. Yeah, that's a really good point. Actually, Kippy, you're thinking about getting a brand new big car as well. So maybe that's the <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the sign, mate. We've just had it from Putty. One player I'd love to get your take on. Again, the eight nine combination you know so well. What does Dwayne Vermillion offer back in the squad? We know he's a bull. Is he going to lift them? Oh, he's scared. I mean, as if they need lifting, for goodness sake. How scary but, uh, is he? Seriously, how oh, scary is he? Look, you've got to remember, South Africans are a different breed of people, and I mean that in a really nice way. They, they don't know at times if they're going to come home from work alive. You know, they, 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 they put themselves at risk. These guys are just immensely brave and physically imposing people. Um, he'll go on, and there's there's every potential he'll take someone apart on that field. He's and and you know when you're playing with people like that, my gosh, it's you know it, it just gives you confidence because let's be honest, it's not a contact sport, it's a collision sport. And with a guy like Vermeulen, uh, there's going to be some massive collisions. Oh, brilliant stuff, Paddy. Really enjoyed your analysis this morning. Just um, before we let you go. If the All Blacks yep. and if the if the All Blacks are to lift for Foster here and they're about, they they are able to, you know. They will have to put in the best performance under his tenure. They've got no doubt about that. But if they are managed, if they manage to do it, what is one part of the game they will fundamentally have to get right? Oh, parity up front. Yeah. Um, look, they've, 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 they've taken the big gamble already this week, and I like it. Um, you know, our, our scrum has not been dominant enough. Oh, sorry, I said parity. It's not about dominance. It's, but we haven't performed well enough. They've put really out there at the moment that that is going to be a key platform for us to attack from and I think it's a bloody good call we've got enough backs if we can just get that platform launched from and what song would you have going through your headphones if you're pulling up to, <laughs> to Alice Park what what song do you have coursing through the headphones oh, anything that blocks out the Afrikaans flipping mad music that they have there you can't think when you get in there right? it's, it, there's no English music it's Afrikaans music and it is imposing scary I'll tell you what I'd, I, I wouldn't care if it's Whitney Houston anything that blocks out that rubbish the, so that you can get your game on hey Putty what does Malcop mean no 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 
Um, thankfully, I don't speak enough Afrikaans to get into rude words than that as well. Chimpy, <laughs> none of that. Kevin Putt, you've been fantastic this morning. The analysis and insight into the South African culture has been great, mate. Enjoy the game and hope all's well with you and your end. And thank you very much. Cheers, mate. I mean, this would be about right. They take one out in marks and they put that big beast on the back of the scrum, mate. You know what I mean? Like, such good context. They've got equity problems that they've got to sort through when they're changing teams. We don't have we don't, we don't have to worry about that problem. We just try, got to pick the best players. But the other part he said is that they got to worry about their life every day. They're going to come come to a game that they've got bigger issues to worry about. And we're going up to Alice Park and we're trying to compete against. We've got to be at the top of our game. That's all I'm trying to say. You said search and destroy earlier in the week. For the All Blacks, the flip side of that, they know they've got a heat-seeking missile come for us. They need to stand up and literally... It's on them. There's no-one else that can do it for them. You mentioned earlier, Kempi, and if you missed this, go to our podcast channel, catch up with the first part of the choices. Uh, You're off the back fence. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Are the senior players going to show loyalty to Ian Foster that he's showing them? Are they going to stand up and fight for their coach? Can't wait. 3 a.m. Sunday morning. Huge. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Hilliard for the second. Nine seconds to play. Second one misses. Schneider rebound. They've got to go the Tuatara. The Schneider man inside to low. Makes it. Baseline ball. Baseline ball. They bring it in. They go after the steal. They get it low outside. Three-point shot. Goes in. Goes in. Goes in. 3.3 seconds to play. We're tied up. How about that? We are tied up. 91 apiece. Stop it, Rob Lowe. Stop it. How did that happen? Final score. Stop Auckland, it. Auckland to Atara, 107. Taranaki is 104. Beaming into the show. I just had to watch. I actually just had to watch that final extra time. When 107, that, 104. How did they lose it? Well, I don't know. Why don't we ask Dale Budge? Budgie. <laughs> Morning, guys. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding? They didn't tell me you're coming on, Budgie. <laughs> Good to talk, mate. Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I said that you'd win it. I'm pretty sure I said that I won it the last time I was here. I, I can't remember, but did I say that? Let's uh, pretend you did. Mate, what a what a game! Honestly, I I just saying to Kieran off air. I'm I'm not sure I'd say I'd, I'd use the words I'd given up, but I was certainly starting to think about what we could say to the players after the game. Put it that way. Um, that was I don't I've always been involved, and I don't think I've ever seen a finish quite like that at a. a a performance quite like that. Um, you feel sorry for the ears, you really do, because they've had a phenomenal season, and that was a that was a, a game of, of sport like nothing else. And um, it sucks that someone has to lose a game like that because they certainly played their part. But yeah, we're certainly uh, certainly pretty excited, pretty happy. Oh, this gracious, gracious, Budgie! Have you got your El Pacino, <laughs> Pacino uh, speech, mate? <laughs> You've got to, mate, you've got let, to walk in there in the final. Uh, you've got to walk in there in the final and wrap one of those out. I want to hear it. I, I, 
promise I will leave that to Aaron Young, the coach. Now, look, uh, we, we after the Saints game on, on Saturday night, the last of our, our um, regular season games, uh, Regan, the owner, and I went into the, the changing stairs. We haven't done that all year. We've sort of left, left that as a sort of player's domain and said to Regan, oh, we probably we probably should actually brief him. We probably should just say something on behalf of the organisation. And, um, and so Aaron threw it over, and Regan being the owner, we, we let him let him do that, and um, it's fair to say El Pacino doesn't have anything to worry about. No <laughs> what what, did what, did he, what could he possibly have said? <laughs> oh, mate, I, I don't know if I could... Um, I'm trying to paraphrase it here, but it was, oh, you know, we lost the game, but that doesn't matter. And, um, you know, we're just going to come out. And, you know, if you lose on if you lose on Thursday, yeah, it's a bit different. We might have a different speech. <laughs> Shut up. You see the look on the players' faces. Uh, but, no, look, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty pretty special group um yeah the, we, don't, we don't need to say anything to to motivate them the guys do that aaron aaron young has been the architect of of that roster and um the the, the culture there i mean every pro sports team now they like, culture such an important thing and everyone tries to to grow something to you know they, they try to put plans in place to to work on the culture and i just to me it's something that has to naturally occur and you know we we picked a, a, a a squad of players that we thought were good people that would, would fit together. Um, and for, really from that point on, you leave it to the players. The players really have to drive it. And, uh, thankfully, it's you know, super strong in that team. You know, the players, as I say, we, we, were, we were starting to have doubts about whether we could get out of jail there last night. And, oh, you, uh, got out, you didn't get out of jail, mate. You got out of Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we, we did. We certainly did. But a Rob, Rob, in those um, in those moments, you know, getting the players together and some of the things that were said in that huddle, when I think everyone in the stadium had just about thought it was two in the right time, and you know he's demanding from the rest of the guys. He said, you know, the cool thing is looking around and you can see the the faces. They knew that the rest of the guys believed. They they knew that they could still come up with what they needed to. Um, you know, it was pretty special, mate. Nick McBarrow had to leave at half time. You know, really, when CJ was in some foul trouble and we were going to have to rely on that quite a bit um, in the third quarter to, to get through some minutes, he got the phone call to say his wife was in labour. Um, he worked an overnight shift after the, the game against the Saints the night before and had basically been home, slept a little bit, came to the stadium and had to race off at halftime because he's about to become a dad. Um, mm. And it was obviously a very special moment for him. But, yeah, not ideal timing for, for, for us. Dante had come back from, from the, the NBA camp, Futures camp in Australia, um, had, had sort of hurt his thumb a little bit. So that was a bit of a concern. And then ate something on the on the flight that didn't sit well with him. So he was puking his guts out through the night. Um, you know, that uh, overcome a fair bit of adversity right the way through the season. And um, yeah, pretty, pretty proud this morning, that's for sure. Budgie, what's your role with the team? Uh, that's a good question. Um, look, Debbie, 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 and I sort of share the the, the GM duty. So I guess we we do everything from fill up water bottles to sign the contracts to try and market the team. I'm not I'm not sure that uh, we've performed as admirably off the quarters as the team has on it. Yeah, you know, there's we've learned a lot this year. There's, there's a lot yeah, of things. You're too humble. You're too, you're too humble, Budgie. Look, mate, you you got them. I'll tell you one thing. We haven't got time to talk about it now, but we'll get you back on. And that model where you want to try and you know, cross-reference sports and the and the tour tour um, and the tour tata model. We'll talk about that eventually. Champion budgie, you're um you're you're a super bloke. I'm really happy for you, Regan, the whole team, and hopefully the Nuggets get the job done tonight against the Giants live on SCNZ from 7 p.m. and then we can have it duke it out on Saturday night, eh? 
Uh, look, thanks for, for giving support, guys. It's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, the sport's in great shape. It's been an amazing competition. And, yeah, I look forward to being a spectator tonight, that's for sure. All right, 29 away from nine. Dale Budge. Part-time GM, part-time absolute good legend. Good bloke. Ah, Absolute good bloke. Ripper. We didn't even have to talk rugby league with him. He's got no, some... No, he loves... He, he's oh, got well, some thoughts on the first, You know my first interview with him. I told you about that. We'll get into that another time. Six minutes away from nine on your Friday morning. Welcome to your weekend, 12th of August. If it was me, I would be putting the Rolling Stones. Through the headphones of the All Blacks, and I'd be saying, we're going to go to Alice Park and we're going to paint it black. I want bodies everywhere. I want rucks moved, malls stopped, tackles made, bodies folded. I want you to... But it wasn't up to me. We put it into the, the choices for him. Paul Kempe and the Izzy and Kempe stream in the SCNZ app. Looking for flooring that scuff, scratch and water resistant. Choose Adobe Hybrid from Choices Flooring. And it was Welcome to the Jungle. Nearly half of the votes out of uh, Mama Said Knock You Out, Alan Parsons Project Serious and a head of Paint It Black as well. Gee, we've had some ripping nominations though. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to get the playlist. <laughs> That's awesome. Chris has come through again, Grandmaster Flash. Yep. What we're going to do, so you're right, we're going to do a playlist. So I've conferred with the kitchen. Kids far better at this sort of thing. If you've got Spotify, which I'm sure most people do in 2022, search my name, Louis Watt, L-O-U-I-S-W-U-A-T-T, or search All Blacks at Alice Park Playlist, all Blacks at Alice Park Playlist at the at sign or just follow our social media SENZ on the Instagram uh, Baz Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on Twitter gee whiz it's sort of a relapse Izzy and Kempe oh, Izzy needs to hear that I'm just going to text him yeah chalk that one that's weird I'll chalk that one up um, yeah no excuses there and we will share the playlist that you have helped us contribute today. Here's a couple more of them. Ian Foster is a daydream believer. Razor's coming to ca- town from the nation. Road to nowhere talking heads. Uh, wind of change. The sound of silence. I don't like Mondays. Remember the name. The All Blacks should have the national anthem playing. If they can't get up and do us proud, they should pass the jersey to the next bloke. Mark Christchurch. Oh, that's passion. That's passion. All right. I love it. Are you ready? ACDC. Uh, Kickstart my heart by the Motley Crew. GD, don't mind it. White Stripes, Seven Nation Army, Josh. It's business time. Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Danger Zone. The Top Gun theme says Alan. And that, that's a blast from the past. Hey, and that song I was telling you about, Plush from Stone Temple Pilots, mate. Well, chuck that on the playlist. It is called All Blacks at Alice Park Playlist. Go and find it on Spotify after this. Pip Morris in the Friday Tipple.
When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.